We solemnly swear we're up to no good. Hi, I'm Gary Roby. I am Victoria Laguna. And we're the hosts of Harry Potter Minute, the fan podcast where we overanalyze the Harry Potter movies one magical minute at a time. Join us as we argue about whether or not McGonagall would meow at Dumbledore. She wouldn't. As we ponder just how much Harry's fortune is worth. Just $40. As we guess how much mileage one gets out of an Ollivander wand. 100,000 jinxes. As we detail the ins and outs of Hogwarts Castle. He's only a model. Join us Monday through Friday, only from DuelingGenre.com. Mischief Managed. Dueling Genre. Hello and welcome to Lord of the Rings Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze the movie The Fellowship of the Ring one eagle-filled minute at a time. <laughs> I'm Cassandra Fredrickson. I'm Norman Mitchell. And today we'll be talking about Minute 86, which starts with Gandalf saying, oh, I am sorry, Frodo, and ends with a close-up on Saruman's very disappointed and angry face. Yes. So uh, I, I, it's misleading to say it starts with, I'm sorry, Frodo, because then there's that long six second pause and then i was delayed it's like one big line but there's just that there's a break in it yeah uh and that pause as uh, as you mentioned off mic right before we started recording is kind of uncomfortable when it you're like analyzing the movie super uncomfortable when you're just like sitting here and like thinking about things and breaking it down into like four or five second chunks when you're talking about a minute at a time mm-hmm. it's just like okay no okay. no no <laughs> just like all right here we go it's almost like one of those really funny vines that people started doing where they start saying something or like that have you seen that youtube video of um dr phil but with all the dialogue taken out it's just really long uncomfortable pauses and looks between people Uh, i just imagine this being like cut back and forth between their two faces to like the kill bill siren music (laughs) And then just, I was delayed. <laughs> like, like, that's him, like, going through the flashback <laughs> in his mind. Why didn't you meet us? <laughs> yeah, basically. Some alarms going off in Gandalf's mind. That's ridiculous. Not a good time to be Gandalf. No. So, okay. I like the cheesiness of the friendship of Saruman is not easily tossed aside, and then he tosses aside Gandalf, and he, like, planks off of the... Or whatever that is, you know? Yeah, he's, like, holding him telekinetically on the edge. Yeah, Yeah. he's sticking him off the edge by his heels. Yeah, like he's standing sideways like Adam West Batman. It's very on the nose. Yeah, not easily cast aside. Thump. Yeah. Just like this, Gandalf. Like this. Do you understand what I'm trying to tell you? (laughs) Do you get it now? Just so we're clear. You'll notice through this whole scene with Saruman, his left hand, when he's a little closer to the camera, is never raised. Oh, that's the hand that he injured, correct? Yes, because this is still during the time where his hand was injured from getting uh, shut in a hotel room door. So he he doesn't really... Because his arm's in a sling, right? Yeah, because his arm's in a sling, so he doesn't really use his left arm in this scene. Mm -hmm. When he's walking towards Gandalf with a staff out, you'll notice it's held very close to his body and down to the side and then there's just a couple of further away shots where you see him raise it to grab the staff so okay in this minute 
Gandalf doesn't have his staff, and he jumps onto the eagle. Yes. Later, I believe, next what? week, or the week after, we... He has a staff again. See his staff. But remember, his staff it... is just like a root. Is it? Can he just make staffs, staves out of random sticks? I don't know. I mean, his staff is just like a piece. It's like a root. Like, it, like he took a tree and shaved it. He lost his pipe, though. That's disappointing. That's, that's true. Well, he's got a new one now. Yeah. See him smoking, smoking next to Frodo's hospital bed. But okay, so that crystal—it's not like a—it's not like a lightsaber Jedi crystal where you have to like you know do a crazy quest and whatever mumbo jumbo planet <laughs> magic hokey religions. Is that just a rock? I mean, maybe it's just probably just like a quartz, and he whispers a spell into it. Huh. We won't even see that for a while. Yeah. That's not for a while, but I'm pretty sure at the Council of Elrond, which is in a few weeks, which is kind of crazy to think about because that's pretty much halfway through the movie. Um, it's like exactly halfway through the movie. I'm pretty sure he has his staff, but we'll talk about it in a few weeks. Yeah. But I'm that's pretty sure just, he does too. Like, where does it come from? Does he just make a new one? Does Elrond have a spare? Like, here's your UPS packages and your extra staff. Right, here's some letters from Butterbur. Yeah, letters from Butterbur. Here's some old Toby that was sent along the way. <laughs> letters from Butterbur sounds like a really ridiculous romantic comedy to me for some reason. Or like a sappy like biopic or something. Like, letters from Butterbur. Like, you know? <laughs> it's got the... The score, the the scrolling text, yeah, on the screen, like 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 a, like PBS masterpiece yeah. theater, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It does sound a bit like that, doesn't it? <laughs> Letters from Butterbur. <laughs> so this eagle has a name. It do- oh, he's okay. named in the script, but he's not his named in the movie. His name is a so, plot device. Yes, uh, his name is Guahir. Guahir. Okay, Gwahir. is that the same one that is the Lord of the Eagles in The Hobbit? Off the top of my head, I'm not sure. Okay. I would have to look. Uh, it's certainly possible the eagles are, like, long-lived. Uh, in the, the director commentary, they go off on a tangent about eagles for a little bit here. Mm-hmm. When this eagle shows up. And they do in the design commentary as well, because as soon as the eagle appears, someone says to Richard, he's like, Hey, what is it that you always say whenever we got here, when we were just, when we were doing special effects on the movie? Why didn't the eagle just take the ring to Mordor? Like, why didn't the eagle just keep on flying with Gandalf? Right. And uh, Peter and Fran and Philippa talk about that a little bit in the director's commentary and mention that there's a script for an animated adaptation that was passed around. Um, I can't remember if Tom had exactly when she says but some great amount of time ago. Uh, and it went under Tolkien's nose, and he was really not a fan of the of uh, this animated adaptation and went very, uh, very out of his way to make it clear to the writers that the Eagles are not a taxi service. <laughs> you can't just switch on your wizard app and, you Right, know. there's no Uber for Eagles. Yeah, Uber for Eagles. Gives Lyft a whole new meaning. <laughs> Yeah, no, because that's in, like, literally every parody, like... Yeah. Like, the one that comes to mind is, you know, the or how the it How It Should Have Ended. Yeah, yeah, which is funny. It is Imagine very... if we'd walked the whole way. One of us might have died. Right. It's the best thing. It is it is very funny. It's very cheeky, but at the same time... There's a... It's kind of true-ish. It is true, but also you can't just, like, subjugate these eagles if right. they're... 
A, they're like five times as big as you. Well, because there, there's two problems with the, the eagles taking the ring to Middle Earth thing. Uh, the chief of which being they probably don't necessarily want to fly right into the Big Bad's castle right. range and fight Nazgul and orcs and all kinds of stuff. That's like the biggest one that comes to mind and is the reason that they basically give in the book, I think, at some point when it comes up, is that the eagles wouldn't like want to fight the Nazgul. And the other reason is that the eagles, much like elves, but a little more so, are even more detached from the world of man and yeah, mortals in they general. They literally have their heads in the clouds. Right. So they're even more detached. They care even less about what elves and dwarves and men are doing. They don't care. But I think, like... Like, Wahir would... only comes to save Gandalf because he's his personal buddy. Yeah, doesn't he have, like, a... Doesn't he owe him one? Yeah, basically. Yeah. <laughs> like, the eagles like Gandalf because Gandalf has just always been good to them. Yeah. I mean, he probably respects them. Yeah. Enough to just be like, you know. Can can one of you help me? <laughs> well, I mean, and we'll talk about it in, you know, several years from now, but the eagles also come to the rescue in The Hobbit, too. Yeah. And you only... Where it ever, all began. Yeah, you only ever see the eagles hanging out with Gandalf. Yeah. They only ever do things because of Gandalf. Yeah. He convinces them. That's interesting. Considering that uh, Radagast seems to be the more nature-y one... Maybe he just doesn't like eagles. But he has literal bird crap. I, that's true. Like, it's caked on his face. Yeah. Can you imagine? Maybe his rabbits don't get along with the eagles. Oh, that's true. Maybe an eagle ate one and he was just like, shoo! I'm never shoo. talking to you guys again. <laughs> Leave my Rustvelt rabbits alone. Uber for eagles. <laughs> that sounds like a... For some reason, that sounds like a band name. Yeah. Uber for Eagles. Yeah. Or like an album at yeah. the very least. I was trying to think of a pun, but I just couldn't. It's hard. There's too many vowels. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. It's very true. I'm going to... Lyft was pretty good. Yeah. Lyft is good. I mean, that's another app. Right. But... No, it's basically like, you know. Yeah. So th one of the other things about this this scene, and Christopher Christopher Lee mentions this, is before filming this movie, him and Ian McKellen had never met, which, which is kind of amazing. Yeah. Uh, he he never met Ian. He, they never worked together. And he proceeds to spend the entire minute of the cast commentary describing how wonderful of a human being Ian McKellen is. That's so good. Like, like that's the, the this entire scene in the cast commentary is just Christopher Lee talking about how awesome Ian McKellen is. That's so pure. <laughs> like, he calls him nice, and he's just like, what a... What a a terrible thing to say about someone calling them nice. It implies that they're wimpish. No, he's a he's a wonderful human being. What? Oh my gosh. So this person's nice. No, they're better than nice. Yes. That implies they're a pussy. <laughs> exactly, right? <laughs> oh I find my that, god. Uh, I thought that was pretty funny myself. That's so random. I mean it's it seems very British in it, a way. Yeah. Like old school British. Yeah. I mean he was no, I know. eighty years old. I know. <laughs> it's kind of incredible to me that he was in his eighties at this point. Because he I mean, you can tell he's pretty frail, but at the same time he's still able to really hold its a hold his own. Like he doesn't do a lot. No, but I mean, wizard fight was pretty. Yeah, he he's still able to maintain like 
a not frail sense of like presence and to a certain degree grace in the way that he moves Mm -hmm. but there's still like strength and like menace yes behind him which is good because saruman (laughs) yes saruman needs to feel intimidating and feel strong yeah because at this point, Saruman... Because he has a lot of cheesy lines. Saruman is like the face of Sauron at this point. Yeah. It's like... It's basically like the the, the double act. Like, Sauron is the far-removed puppeteer, and Saruman is his... Is his little howdy-doody? Is his, like, not his lackey, because he does have well, plans Saruman and has schemes his own, yeah. and stuff. But he is basically carrying out Sauron's will. Yeah on a much tangible scale because like we were talked about in previous minutes an eye can only do so much and an eye yeah and that's why the ring is so active and why saruman plays such a role so early in the right. story which is good because all things that were needed to needed to be done you can't really take a floating eye seriously no it works on a page it really does yeah like because it's like it's alien, it's threatening. There's like a there's like a psychological horror aspect of it that doesn't really translate well into film. Right, because how cheesy is I see. Right, you. exactly. Like, it's pretty cheesy. As iconic as that is, it's also ridiculous. Like I love this movie and I take so much of it very seriously, but there's a lot of cheesy lines when it comes to Sauron and Sauron. Yeah. Um Well, they're very, you know, mustache twirly. Yes. They're, it's super on the nose. They're it's like two steps right. away from right. hand one factor. ill turn deserves another rolls him over towards the edge. Right, exactly. Yeah. It's just like talking about choosing, you know, to kneel or your own destruction. Mm-hmm. It's all very like a lot of Saruman's lines are very cheesy Saturday morning cartoon. But they kind of work in part because Christopher Lee's great. Well, and also like this is basically the originator of that. Well not really. I know that Saturday morning cartoons predate this but and as far as fantasy villains go this is like the high fantasy epic that yeah you know the one you know one ring to rule them all like you know and you know um speaking of like other villains and like cheesy things there's something that saruman is not guilty of that a lot of cheesy villains would be and i'm gonna evil laughter no uh, well yes he's evil he doesn't he doesn't really ever do the evil laughter he also doesn't tell gandalf his plan really uh, i mean he kind of basically says that i'm working for sauron i have all of his works he's like i'm working for sauron join me someone's gonna find the halfling and kill him yeah but he doesn't he doesn't tell him he's crossbreeding to make more powerful no, orcs. i mean i think he would if gandalf joined him but well, yeah. he tells him quite a bit. Yeah. And whatever he doesn't say, Gandalf deduces. But it's a lot of vagaries when it comes from Saruman. He's just like, you can't withstand the might of Sauron. We have to join him. Yeah. You can't fight this. Blah, blah, blah. You can't fight. I can't fight this thing. <laughs> QREO Speedwagon. Oh, my God. Saruman staring at the Palantir. I really I, I want that so bad. I wish I had video editing capabilities because I would absolutely make that. Yes. The terrible AMV. Just him sitting in the chair all disheveled from a few minutes ago. <laughs> Oh my god, I would absolutely make a Sauron Sarmon slash vid. Are you kidding me? 
Yes. <laughs> Perf. I can't. Holy crap. Man. Yes. I don't know. Eagles, though. Eagles, though. Can we just talk about how... I know it's probably not its eyes, but when the eagle kind of swoops in before it makes the majestic... When it's kind of out of focus. ...eagle call, like, Gandalf is sitting off the edge. He sees the moth flutter in front of his face, and then Saruman stands him back up, and then you see the moon, and then Saruman, and then the moth. There's the moth fluttering, and then, like, two seconds later, there's the eagle swoosh. As the eagle, like, kind of passes in front of the moon... Its eyes look huge and, like, glinty, and it looks like golem eyes for a second. I don't know if it's its eyes or if it's the moon, like, supposed to be shining off, like, its beak. Yeah. But, yeah, you're right. There's, like, a big glint of light in the background when it's out of focus. I'm going to talk about something else out of focus over someone's shoulder in a few minutes. Mm -hmm. um, because it's something I never really noticed before. But now that I'm aware of it, I don't think I'll ever be able to watch the movie and not stare at it when it's in the background. Oh, boy. Because it's just it just feels so weird to me. Well, I think that is a good segue. If you don't have any other notes. No, I'm, I think I'm good on this one. Sweet. Eagles, man. So we are from the website DuelingGenre.com. And you can check out uh, our Patreon as well. Uh, we are working on a... Weekend edition, slowly but surely. It's a process. Uh, life is a thing, you know. Believe yes. it or not, we do talk about other things beside from Lord of the Rings, but yeah. <laughs> so we're although looking... you even talked to Lord talked about Lord of the Rings on another podcast I know. recently. I know. I don't know. That's 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 my legacy. What is a legacy? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so you can check out our Patreon. We're working on putting content up, but uh, Back to the Future Minute has uh, No Roads Edition. They just came back last week for their regular show. They also have um, Not Writing. They just put out their 2016 in movies, and it's like six hours long or something ridiculous. So <sighs> check that out if you want to hear my friends Scott and Nick talk about movies. Sounds like a good time. They're like over five hours. Yeah. yeah. We also have uh, Geek by Night exclusive stuff on there as well. So it's a good time. Check it out. And we will talk to you guys tomorrow. Special thanks to our Patreon associate producer, Leaper182. And have a good Monday. Bye. Bye.